This is a HeadGum Podcast. The discussions on Robot Congress are for entertainment purposes and to help correct random people on the internet. Any law discussed is general commentary only and not to be taken as legal advice. Specific facts will always alter the case. Have a problem? Hit the gym and lawyer up. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I am Ryan Morrison, joined as always by my good friends Austin Hoffman and Allison Rothman. Say hello. Hi, everyone. And me, Austin Hoffman. (laughs) (laughs) We we are uh, going through just endless array of fun news stories here that we're going to turn into more evergreen episodes and really kind of inform people on the back end of the industry, the back end of everything from sports to publishers with their international relations to just America as a whole. That's right. We're going to infotain you in the future. It's exactly right. But for now, we're going to talk more clearly about something that was all over the headlines pretty recently, uh, the Louis Vuitton partnership with League of Legends, and more broadly about brand partnerships in video games in general. Austin, name some tie-ins you've seen in video games that you remember from your youth. Oh, so from from my youth, uh, actually, I think you played the Burger King Xbox games with me. Uh, the Pocket Bike Racer is the one that I had. There were three in 2006. Burger King put out. I think they were like they were either free with like a Happy Meal or something. Not Happy Meal. That's McDonald's. Uh, they were. But how like, do you know it's yeah. 2006? Did you have this ready? I looked. I looked this up to be sure because I remember Pocket Bike Racer. Hold on, you looked it up. You looked it up when I asked the question, or did you come prepared to an episode? I'll make you guess. I'm blown. I have to assume you just Googled quickly because I can't imagine you did homework before we recorded something. Uh, uh, that would be very unlike me. But I literally sent you the outline that that our lovely assistant uh, and uh, sorry, our lovely intern Abigail put together. Abigail Viernish, shout out to you. And you literally two minutes before we opened, we sat down to record said, oh, I don't think I ever got an outline. So yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think I did ever get an outline. Well, I showed uh, you the but- timestamp. I do have my own outline, which does include, uh, like I said, Pocket Bike Racer, which had, I will forever remember that chicken bacon cheddar ranch song that Burger King had because it was the soundtrack for an entire level. I don't even remember how many levels there were in this Pocket is, Bike this Racer. This is too much. I wanted you to rattle off some names, and here we are. This is oh, I, what happened. Well, excuse uh, me, but you I give me... I just remember Cool Spot, 7-Up Game. You played as the little... Yeah, he was cool and animated and bouncy. I remember Cool Spot as yeah, well. Yeah, super cool. I don't know that he was bouncy. But I kind of like his animation. He was like he, a ball. He was like a he was a loose guy. Mcdonald's <laughs> made a game for Sega. It made a game for browser. They McDonald's made Treasure Land McDonald's Adventures. So many things. There's been a lot. Uh, yeah. And more recently, uh, Ali's favorite game, the KFC Dating Simulator. Oh my god. Uh, Ali, have you Ali, down the have you tried to romance the professor? <laughs> I don't need an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, KFC, but, oh my, the, KFC made this dating simulator game on PC. It's free to play, thank God. But thank it God. is, it's an anime style <laughs> dating simulator. What does that even mean? Because thank I God. can't, I don't want to be in a world where people pay for, for an advertising game. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Although Wendy's just put out a Dungeons and Dragons. Did you see that? Did did I? It, well, it's not a Dungeons and Dragons. It is a tabletop role playing game. Same thing. Because it is not the same thing. <laughs> You're right. I am a trademark attorney. That I is that. that is like calling any 
bag, a Louis Vuitton bag. Good segue. I really uh, actually want to stay on the Wendy's thing for longer. No, nope, too, too, too bad. We, we might come back to it later. Wendy's made Dungeons and Dragons is how we they, believe that. Louis Vuitton is officially, they, they have partnered with League of Legends. And this is huge. This is not McDonald's or Wendy's or one of those brands that most gamers utilize traditionally. The stereotype of a gamer is for sure somebody who would, does not know what Louis Vuitton is. That's changed. And I think that both companies have shown that's changed, especially amongst our esports pro clients. We see fashion becoming more and more important to them. Uh, everybody from sneakerheads to just showing up and getting everything they possibly can when it drops across all areas of fashion. But we're pretty lucky because as Austin and I, you know, again, we've been friends forever. Allison's my my partner at the law firm for those newer to the podcast. Allie's my partner for a few years now. Uh, lots in common for sure, but not too much. Austin and I grew up <laughs> Uh, since we were weed lads as childhood friends. That's why this podcast started. I thought it would be funny to teach a law to my dumbest friend from high school every week. Oh, it would be uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but would you call Austin and I fashionistas? Yes. Were we trendsetters? Yes. Do we kind of just set the scene when we walk into a room? I certainly set your scene. a hole through my tongue. <laughs> uh, no, I'm currently wearing the same New Balance shoes I've worn every day for two and a half years. I'm wearing a red flannel shirt that everyone in my life says, please throw out. And my one pair of jeans. Now, I've got a really quick public service announcement. Uh, you should not be wearing the same pair of shoes for two and a half years because it's bad for your feet. I so. spoke in hyperbole. It's the same. I got a new pair of the same shoes. I wear New Balance. Anyway, I have never heard of... Walking on clouds. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by New Balance. Balance your life. (laughs) With with New. Uh, (laughs) If I had not worked in retail, I would not know what Louis Vuitton is. Because okay, and, and that's so many Louis Vuitton and coach days. bags. No, but but let's not talk about Austin's <laughs> retail days. But let's seriously, let's table that. And and as as clearly I am joking, Austin and I have no sense of fashion or anything else. I've learned a lot working with Allie. But Allie, you come from this world. So can you give new listeners or even old listeners your background in this space specifically? Yeah, so it's kind of ironic that these two things have come together. What I was doing before Gaming World was exactly this, was working for companies like Louis Vuitton and other luxury goods companies to handle all of their anti-counterfeiting measures. So when I say anti-counterfeiting, I'm not talking about money, but I'm talking about trademarks. So for those of you who are familiar with New York, or there's plenty of other areas that have uh, familiar with New York. Well, I think raise Manhattan. your hand if you've heard Manhattan. of Manhattan. <laughs> well, oh, for, let me finish my sentence. Fair <laughs> for those of you who are familiar with New York, you know Canal Street. Other cities have similar areas where it's just a hub for fake crap. But what I used to do is go in there and seize all their fake crap for, again, for all these different types of brands. But actually, like, go in with federal agents and seize these things. It's not – you weren't, like, going in and sending a demand letter. No, I was – Going in with actual federal agents, yeah, it's required under the Copyright Act and not under trademark, but that's a little technicality. Oh, I thought you could just go in and just grab stuff and say you're seizing. You should try that. And she only works with ones from uh, Boston, right? So you can go in with federal marshals. Oh, God. Listen, it's not – it's old hat to make fun of a Boston accent, so (laughs) – Talk about what this looks like. Not only on the enforcement side that that you did, why on earth – are fashion brands looking at video games right now or anything in general? Are these kind of partnerships common for a Louis Vuitton type or is just partner partnering with anyone outside of their world new and special? Well, brand partnerships for sure are common. You guys have seen it all over the place. 
But with luxury brands, it's definitely more exclusive. Um, you don't see them partnering with just anybody. You don't see them collaborating with just anybody. So this is really, really special what's going on right now. And do you think it's going to work? Uh, I, I know that you oh are. My God. Well, I mean, listen, jokes aside, Ali is from a world where you nerds and she's grown out of that. But I, I still am from a world of, oh, I'm a nerd and I can't imagine getting a Louis Vuitton handbag. But well, Ali just really tried to, Ali just really tried to get away from fashion by, by working with you. And now fashion's it's coming for her. It's following me. So uh, just just when you thought you got out, they pulled you back in. Yeah, it's fun though. I know. I, I know. No, all jokes aside, I really, really like this stuff. Um, but like lawyer hat aside, I don't know if this is going to work. Just putting my like my consumer hat on. I don't know. I don't know that I would go play a game just because they're selling Louis Vuitton skins. And I don't know how much the like the League of Legends and gaming market overlaps. Like I have a funny feeling that this is going to vary like widely based on based on your geographical area like potentially in asia it might be much much more can you just say geographical again for it we'll we'll edit it in geographical area can you try it one more time geographical area i think she nailed it all right we'll move on no are we really wait uh, no we're not really editing i i think that the point is that they're they don't overlap right because like louis vuitton and Legends have nothing to do with each other i'm not to interrupt awesome but i'm being a bad host because i asked will this work before we described what this is so, Austin, take us through what this partnership is actually doing. Is Louis Vuitton making skins in the game? Are League of Legends going to be on handbags? You know, what what is this partnership? So they haven't released too many details, but they've definitely mentioned that, like, the big, big, big thing is they'll be creating a case for the trophy that'll be given out at Worlds in Paris this year. And this is not new. They've done this for FIFA and the World Cup before and other sports finals. Wait, what? Is, so take take me back there. You're you're saying they're designing the case the trophy's in. It's like a trunk. So Louis Vuitton is famous for a lot of things. You guys have probably seen that classic LV logo, the classic monogram. But their most famous thing that they started making when they first started in the 1800s were trunks. Like travel hard-sided cases to carry things. With right all of when the you had to move your life with you. With all of the tangents and weird things he says, I can't believe Austin didn't have a quip about trunks, but he he threw one in and it didn't pay off. So we'll Dragon Ball Z. Up. What is it? What's the bespoke <laughs> trunk? Since yes, that is what bespoke means. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly what he just. <laughs> that was his clever way of trying to get you to just find a word for him. <laughs> I can't. Um, I mean, yeah. So bespoke is custom. They're custom to what you're trying to carry in it. All right, so Ali, actually, th- this is interesting. I didn't know any of this. I for sure knew Louis Vuitton was one of, if not the most commonly seen handbag I saw in Chinatown, but that was it. You know, on Canal I it was Street, just a pattern. Yeah, well, I, no, I knew it was a brand, but I, I had no idea that these chests existed. So is trunks. that, or sorry, trunks. That's but right. If that, you call it a chest, I'm going to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> but is that why this made sense for them? They did FIFA. They've done other other sports. And now they're just doing esports. Or is there more to this relationship than kind of housing the trophy case? So, so that seems to be the highlight of this partnership. Again, they haven't really released 
too many details. But what they have said is that um, not only will be will they be designing and providing this trunk for the championships, but they're also going to be launching in-game skins, and they're also going to be releasing a capsule clothing collection featuring, I guess, League of Legends designs or graphics. Um, typically, what they do is graphics on their monogram collection. So does Louis Vuitton do streetwear? Like, is that's when I picture a crossover with a video game company, it's usually a little more modern streetwear look than a luxury brand look. I think they might be offended by the term streetwear. Well, right, but, but like, you know what I mean. But sure, they're the modern, SoundCloud rappers wear their stuff. <laughs> that makes it streetwear. Yeah, literally. That, I mean, do do rappers wear Louis Vuitton? Uh, do you know any rappers? Let me phrase better because you're right. Obviously, a ton of rappers wear Louis Vuitton and other luxury brands. I'm more mean. I haven't seen a Louis Vuitton. I haven't seen Louis Vuitton ever do a crossover with what I can only assume is like an anime character. I, I don't know how you would do a League of Legends luxury piece of clothing. Okay, that's a really good question. They've done a ton of different collaborations um, that you'd probably be surprised about. I think they did it with the artist um, Takashi Murakami at one point. I think, don't quote me. They've done it with a ton of different artists. And typically what they do is they uh, incorporate it into their accessories lines. I personally don't know how they would do it on apparel, but accessories for sure, they've done it over and over and over again. It's typically some type of overlay on their monogram accessories, and it generally looks pretty cool and sells really well. I mean, I could absolutely see, we've all seen examples of like high fashion, and if you look up League of Legends characters, you can see their outfits. So I don't see a huge disparity between... You know, like them going even further and making high fashion League of Legends clothing. It's not even like cosplay. It's it's just ridiculous clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Are we killing your drive to want to do this, Austin? I just what did you what does that mean? Because you guys were saying, like, how could they even do that? You're saying Louis Vuitton's going to make cosplay? Not I I mean, no, I said not cosplay. I said it would be just it it would just be that style. Well, all right. So to be fair, there's been a ton of clothing companies that have done collaborations in really successful ways. I mean, Rag and Bone. I don't know if you guys know the brand. It's nope. a pretty cool brand based out of New York. They well, make a lot sounds of cool. Stuff, but they make other apparel. And right? Rag and Bone's done a, a ton of cool stuff that I'm aware of. In in they just they did a huge Star Wars collab yeah. and things like that. And and they did it in a in a pretty awesome way. They made some clothing to actually like replicate clothing that was worn in the movies and TV show, whatever. But they also did other graphic <laughs> tees that were done in really cool ways. And also I hate no, you guys. I, hate I just you realized both. what you said. I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ali. It's just, I'm, the movies. You're not sorry. The, all right. And not to, not to, uh, and I just want to agree with Ali that it was a really cool collection. If you, and it was a really cool TV show. Yeah, exactly. And it's really cool. Like, you know how you can get a, a an X wing t-shirt for like $4 anywhere. Well, $20. if you want one with a hole in it, you can pay $200 for it. It's thick. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> right? Is that about it? This is I, why you guys should just shut up. <laughs> no, so many, this so is... many comments on this episode of how mean I am to you. I no, I, no I, think, I think that we are in part being a little inconsiderate, but it's because we're so unfamiliar with fashion. <laughs> that it's shut, just, Don't it, defend yourself, I, Austin. Yeah, like when you say fashion... <laughs> I just, the music starts playing. (laughs) Uh, 
like you get so excited. Ba-na-na-na. All right, so Austin, why don't you read the statement from Louis Vuitton themselves? They, they, they are who better to explain this partnership? Through shared values of innovation and pioneering, the historic French... Hold on, where is Louis Vuitton from? They're French? Austin, please, a French accent if you could. I honestly thought about... Wait, really? Yeah. Through <laughs> shared values of innovation and pioneering... <laughs> The historic French Mazon and U.S. Best Esports Organization announced a landmark collaboration. Since its launch in 2009, League of Legends, an online multiplayer game, has grown to become a global phenomenon as the most played PC game in the world. Is that right? Every year, Riot Games organizes the... League of Legends World Championship for You are the, so good at some accents and so bad at others. For the uh, planet's best players and but, but Austin, pause. We don't need to finish their their 30-page PR statement. Well, no, actually it's only one more <laughs> paragraph. Okay, uh, for the championship finals in Paris in November 20 uh, in November 10th. 2019, Louis Vuitton is creating in collaboration with Rio and unprecedented one-of-a-kind trophy travel case to hold the Summoner's Cup, the trophy awarded to the world champions and considered the most prestigious prize in eSports. The bespoke <laughs> trunk, the first of its kind for an eSports championship, will feature both traditional Louis Vuitton savoir-faire along with cutting-edge high-tech elements in You told me it was one more sentence. By the League of Legends universe. In addition to the trophy case, Louis Vuitton has designed unique (laughs) champion skins and a capsule collection. I don't know what a capsule collection is. Designed by Nicolas Guesquare, Louis Vuitton's artistic director of women's collections, along with other League of Legends digital assets. Sure. So, uh, okay. That's that's enough. You've blown out. The levelator. So, uh, congratulations. The episode's thank ruined. We've also offended thank, thank every you. French person. Every listening. French person, which we actually have quite a few listeners in France. So, hey guys, sorry about that. Um, I'm sure we, you enjoyed it. He's fine. No, and definitely don't know what accent that is. You're so good at some accents, and then those others just they all turn Russian eventually. All of your accents <laughs> that, turn Russian. That is that is that is true. I have to watch YouTube videos sometimes just to get accents right because it's yeah. You roll your your L. All. Have you never heard Pepe Le Pew? Come on. <laughs> I have not, not watched Pepe Le Pew. Well, actually, I, that's part of the issue, is that often accents, I only know them based upon popular impersonations. I officially <laughs> apologize to all of our French listeners. Moving on, that is Moving what's on. going on. Moving Why on, is... summarizing the rambling you just had to sit through, apologies again. Uh, they are making a huge trophy case here. They're also getting going to launch in-game skins. They're going to do an apparel line in real life. What's most interesting here is the in-game skins. Uh, the amount of money Riot makes on those skins is unreal. And giving someone else a license to print those skins, uh, I'm sure there's an approval process worked in or something else, but they're going to make so much money on those skins. So it's 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 exciting just for that alone. I think they're just going to put LVs all over like different characters' skins, right? Because that's the style. That's what I've seen on those bags. Just, Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so adorable. All right. So firsthand knowledge, I know you and I have done a lot of brand partnerships in the past. Uh, our firm constantly handles people not only securing their IP, but using that IP with other companies and other endeavors. Absolutely. Oftentimes it is cross industry. 
what was involved in a process like this? Take us, take the listener back to day one here. Uh, let's say Riot reaches out to Louis Vuitton or vice versa. What is everybody's main concerns as they go forward with something like this to still make sure they're very, very, very much controlling and having ownership over their own brands? Yeah, that's a good question. I would be really curious who initiated this par- this partnership. But um, you're talking about a major, major licensing agreement here, which really dictates every single aspect of how this IP can be shared. And, and I know this might seem burdensome, but it's why people listen. Everyone's heard that term licensing agreement, but take us through like what is involved in a licensing agreement. If you're negotiating one, what are you looking out for? What is a win to you? What? How should this relationship look? Let's say you're Louis Vuitton's attorneys and I'm Riot's attorneys and we can play it out. What would you be coming to me with your, your immediate request? I, Riot, really want to work with Louis Vuitton. You guys are considering giving me a license. What do those terms look like? So the big things you're always going to look out for is going to be A, exclusivity, B, geographical uh, location, the territory. You're going to look at term. And then the crucial part of this is exactly how it's going to be used and nothing more. As Louis Vuitton in this deal, when you're talking about exclusivity, are you more concerned that I'm also going to do this with Gucci and then cheapen our endeavor? Or should I be more concerned you're going to go do this with Dota? I don't know that it's either or. I think there are concerns on both sides. I think, like I said earlier, especially when you're engaging luxury brands, this is a really exclusive thing. Not everybody gets to do it. So I think that's an important consideration for both sides. And I do think that if like League of Legends did a partnership with another luxury brand, that definitely minimizes the exclusivity and like how important and cool this is. It definitely... Eliminates the cool factor for both sides, which is why this is interesting. Uh, but I think that exclusivity is still so important to both sides, but no one ever wants to cede those rights. I don't want to be told that I'm not allowed to work with Gucci still, but I understand that this marketing endeavor doesn't work as much if I am. I would be blown away if this deal was not two way exclusive for a set term, like Ali said, and for a set, well, probably not a set geographical uh, region. Normally, term and scope are are two ways you see if a license is valid or other things like non-competes. But here we have uh, almost certainly a worldwide exclusive license. And the term is unknown. I would imagine it's for, you know, hefty term, probably three to five years. But who knows? I mean, you really it might only be for a few collections and then these things disappear, as is the way many luxury brands produce things. They, you know, here's here's our line. Get it now or it's gone forever. They can't even go as uh, into detail as like what products are going to release where, you know, if the Asian market prefers certain things, they can say you can use my IP on those things in Asia and other things in the United States and other things in EMEA and Europe. Let's talk approval process. Uh, that's always a huge thing in these deals. You, I'm giving you the right as Riot's attorney to send us over some skins. Uh, there has to be a final okay on this. And I bet that's where this war was fought. Whether Louis Vuitton wanted the creative control to put something in the game and say, this is what's going in. This is our style versus Riot saying, whoa, 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 it's our game. We're going to be the final decider on how these things look and what goes in. You're, you're allowed to send over input but we get final approval or denial. Yeah, so it's actually really interesting because it's come up a lot recently um, in other games, I guess, to be more specific. There's an ongoing battle between these brands and game publishers because a lot of times these brands don't want their IP associated 
with violence and the weapons that are being used in these games. Um, obviously, for League of Legends, it's a little bit different because the skins are for the characters themselves. Um, so it's less of a concern. But I, I can imagine that that was part of the conversation here, too. Yeah, and I, I think that it's super important to keep that in mind as we see the evolution of video games and brand partnerships and sponsorships as a whole. Brands don't want to work with blood games, as they call them, which translates then even more into violent games. The IOC that runs the Olympics had quite a few meetings with the esports community recently. I was honored enough to be there. And every single conversation was about, well, Overwatch is too violent. But Overwatch doesn't have blood. When you die, you disappear. And to kind of ease everybody who's probably going nuts that we're even talking about violence in video games again, this is just a common thing with brands. I used to do investigations, and I frequently had to do investigations to take down even just actual gun distributors and gun manufacturers from using people's IP on them. So it's not just a video game related thing. It's it's just a matter of these brands being super conscious about how their IP is being used. And again, that's a major factor in licensing agreements. Right, because as soon as you put, you know, like Louis Vuitton symbol on like a Counter-Strike gun, which is obviously being used to shoot people, then that's saying something about the Louis Vuitton brand or something that, they, that they're OK with their brand being used on, I don't know, freaking Counter-Strike guns shooting terrorists. Yeah, that's the whole concept behind trademarks in general is it, it signifies a sponsorship or endorsement or an association between the two. Yeah, and and we've said it a ton, but just to repeat, trademarks are there to protect the consumer. It's so that you know when you buy something, it's from the brand you think you're buying it from. When you get a Coke, because it has a Coke label on that bottle of sugar water, you know it's a Coke and not Austin's poison serum. Uh, You know, that's important. (laughs) That's right. They they look very similar, though. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, Ali, I mean, one of the main things also in these agreements is enforcement of the IP. So... I'm I again, I'm Riot, you're Louis Vuitton. We put out a, an, a, a collection of, you know, T-shirts, let's say. I know that's not what they're going to do, but let's say it's T-shirts. Austin runs Austin's fake T-shirts.com. Yeah. He takes the designs. He starts mass producing them and sending them out and taking care of them. Whose burden is it to shut Austin down? Riot's or the, you know, the IP holder who's producing it or the IP holder? Because th- th- that's even taking a step back. This is a two-way license, keep in mind. Uh, you're giving me a license to put Louis Vuitton in my game. I'm giving you a license, though, to put my stuff on your clothing. So now my T-shirt, I gave you a license to print on your T-shirts. Somebody's stealing that design and selling a ton of them. Whose problem is that? Yeah, it's interesting. It it's definitely varies per agreement. But in this type of instant, I would imagine it, the incentives are aligned, right? It's kind of like you both said. It's a it's a two-way license. They both want to enforce. They both have the money and the resources to enforce. So I'd imagine they both have the ability to enforce. But who knows? I haven't seen the agreement. What else is interesting here, Austin? Anything? Who is like the bigger partner in in this? Like Louis Vuitton, I know, is obviously a large fashion company. But Riot and League of Legends is huge as far as video games go. So that it, does that make them like, a big fish in a little pond and Louis Vuitton is a big fish in a big pond. Well, the, the, the interesting thing here is there it's a crossover. So like I said, you know, uh, riot is giving a license to do an apparel line and Louis Vuitton's giving a license to do skins in the game. And I think traditionally neither one of those would have been interesting to each other's endemic audience. Uh, but what's interesting here is this is an experiment for both of them. They're both huge fish in their own ponds but now they're kind of jumping over into each other's oceans. 
I don't know. I'm with Ali. I don't know if this is going to be a huge success. I definitely think it'll be popular. I think it'll be received well. It's already been received well. But, you know, will your average League of Legends fan start shopping at Louis Vuitton? No. Will this, but will this give them brand awareness and know who Louis Vuitton is and change young Austin Hoffman's of the future from knowing? Yes. And I think that's what's important to them. Uh, that's why they're doing this. So I don't think they're looking at this as a dollars and cents sale like like this would be if this was Nike or kind of a mass produced line. This is about brand awareness and exclusivity at the at the highest degree in a whole new industry. Uh, is that fair, Allie? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, luxury goods have not taken a dive in terms of sales like some other goods have in the past however many years. But yeah, they're doing really well. So I don't think this is an attempt at money making, like you said. I, I do think this is an attempt at... Um, what you said, which is brand awareness and appealing to a newer market. Well, it's all an attempt at money making, right? Well, for sure. It's Everything's just, about money, Austin. Yeah, it's right. just mass produced versus awareness. So you can sell your high end stuff to the couple kids who have, you know, really rich parents in League of Legends. But are uh, we going <laughs> to see at, at you know, like at the, the championship finals, are we going to see the players coming out dressed in Louis Vuitton fashion? I mean, the players already wear Louis Vuitton. Uh, most of our players buy luxury goods and luxury goods only. There's very few, uh, you know, dressing at Kohl's anymore. They, they, they've kind of all gotten into the I want to build a brand. I want to be my own persona. No, I there's anything wrong with Kohl's. I, everything I own is from Kohl's. My Absolutely not. Kohl's. Yeah, it's the best store in the world. Uh, but, you know, the more kids of a are people person. on the West Coast know what Kohl's is. I don't know. Is Kohl's, Kohl's an East Coast is- thing? Kohl's is, is East Coast. Oh, oh, is Kohl's, a, is Kohl's a West Coast thing? I know Kohl's is East Coast. Yes, Austin. We are all from the East Coast. Uh, but anyway, you know, I, I think that these kids are, are rocking what they consider luxury brands and goods. And I think Louis Vuitton doing something like this is such a strong push to be, you know, the luxury brand of esports. So I think this was a really smart play for them. And, you know, a really long rambling answer to who's the bigger one. I think they are. That is that is not the right question here. And I think so rarely do you see a licensing agreement that's actually a partnership and actually mutually beneficial to each other. I think here you see one. I think this is a mutual experiment where everybody's kind of dipping their toe in, but also if they're successful, locking down an insanely profitable and new audience. All right. So obviously you guys call this a brand partnership because there are two brands involved in this partnership, right? Okay. So KFC made this video game. Well, they didn't make it. They hired an influencing company to have it made. Uh, is that a brand partnership or Wendy's made a tabletop RPG and there's no like designer credit in there. It's just Wendy's. I mean, we've already agreed Wendy's made Dungeons and Dragons, but to answer your point is it, it's, it, you know, more not... broadly to answer your point more broadly. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's the verbiage there is exactly right. It's not a brand partnership unless there's two brands, uh, a company making a video game or a company making uh, something that is a crossover into the digital or nerd entertainment space is definitely not uncommon and definitely not something new. It's also, yeah, not a partnership. It, it's what, I mean, Austin, I, I, I appreciate the question because I know you know the answer. When we worked at Large Animal Games, the, the game studio both you and I worked at uh, before I was a lawyer, we called that sponsored content and you do that to pay the bills so you can make your fun games but sometimes you have to make a pizza hut app or a national geographic app so you can go out and make something that you you really believe in to hit the app store uh so that is is it's not unrelated to this at all because it's still very those developers that get the license from these companies or get the mandate of here's what you're going to make they have to follow the branding guidelines really closely 
you know, as much as Wendy's or KFC or anything else is so slapsticky and funny, uh, they really care that Wendy's is portrayed how they want Wendy's portrayed. Yes, um, that as, is, a, as a defender of freshness. Yeah, I mean, it, that is true from the ridiculous. smallest, most ridiculous company to the biggest ones in the world. They control their brand and their image, and they get final say on that stuff. So just, you know, them saying, hey, design this app for us is not them saying, hey, you have creative control over anything ever. All right, so I listen to watch Critical Role sometimes, and they did a one-shot that used the Wendy's tabletop RPG. Uh, there was lots of fallout from that, but but what does that licensing agreement look like? Because especially this kind of thing, it's it's a tabletop RPG, so it's very fluid and improvised in parts. So it's like you can't. Well, before you 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 get further down where you're going, it 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 doesn't matter. I mean, the reality is this is that's not a licensing agreement. That's a sponsorship. And it's a good question because they're all, it's it, like I said, it's not like it's unrelated, but sponsorships are very different than licensing agreements. Uh, we do that all the time over at my agency evolved. We help promote new game releases. We talk about new whatevers. And what happens is a brand comes to us and says, here's a title that we want your guy to play on stream or have on his podcast or whatever it is. Uh, we're going to give him X amount of dollars. He's going to play the game. Uh, but that person does not have a license. They don't have the ability to go create something new with that. What they have is the ability to take something that exists and use it. So it's, if it's a video game, you already play that game. If it's a tabletop game, you're just playing that game. They don't have Critical Role was not given a license from Wendy's to create a new tabletop game. C Wendy's created a tabletop game and paid somebody to play it. Does that make sense? You, you get the difference? Yeah, but... Isn't the act of running that tabletop game an act of creation? Actually, that's a really interesting question. I would definitely say no in this context, but the tabletop, if it's a video game, certainly not. It'll have a, a EULA, a terms of service, a privacy policy. Uh, if you create a character in World of Warcraft, you do not own that character. Uh, if right, you but the person streaming it is entertaining people with their streaming. So that's actually a really interesting question. You know, traditionally, if it's a video game, no, you don't own what you make in there. If it's World of Warcraft, you don't own your character you make in World of Warcraft, even though you're creating something new that would not exist without you hitting some buttons. The terms of service, the EULA, everything else makes it clear that's not yours. Now, go to the other side of something where you can create. Take a guitar. If you go buy a Fender guitar and you write a song on that guitar, Fender doesn't have any claim to ownership over the song you write, even though it was created using only things Fender gave you. But a tabletop game, I mean, that's what an interesting law school final exam question that would be. Because, yeah, you're being given a tabletop game. And I'm sure there's an agreement on that box that says something about they own the characters within and et cetera, et cetera. Because for Critical Role, it's like theater with rules. So it is, I guess, yeah, like you said, I guess it's in between. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's a really interesting question, but it's it's one that if you want to get into why one is infringing and why one is not, we could do that for 10 hours. And I'm happy to, you know, give me a so call. You're saying it's this. This might be more suited to a law school classroom. Yeah, I, we could have a whole nother episode on this. So if you guys want to hear more, please just let us know and we'll do one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and to do that, please email the show at robot Congress podcast at Gmail dot com. And don't tweet at me because. Listen, I'm kidding. I love your tweets, but I will absolutely forget to tell Austin and Allie to uh, look into these episodes, and it's just not the most effective way. But I do have DMs open, and if you ever need anything or if you have any more questions about licensing agreements or protecting your own IP, shoot me a DM. 
I've got a brilliant IP, and I'll just shoot it over to you when I get a minute. Tell me the no, Austin. Tell me the idea now. Okay, so it's all about safety awareness. So you know Smokey <laughs> the Bear, right? No, so, kidding. Yeah, oh, of course. Okay, so so I'm thinking about Rocky the Raccoon because Smokey the Bear he might seem safe and he has that friendly hat, but Rocky the Raccoon he lives in trash cans, and that's a lot closer to home for most people because Smokey the Bear is out in the forest. And Rocky the Raccoon, he can protect you from home fires. So it's, it, it's you know, it, it, the idea is that we can use Rocky the Raccoon and maybe Why? we can marry this no, to a clothing brand. All right, Austin, hold up a minute. Rocky the Raccoon is better, is a better mascot for home safety than an animal that actually lives in your home? Like well, a guard dog? The guard. Yeah. Well, it, no, no, no. So the guard dog is inside the house, so it's difficult. But Rocky the raccoon is outside of your house, so he can see it better. So he can see if, like, I don't know, your roof's on fire, or if there's a, <laughs> a truck hurtling toward your house. Rocky the raccoon's gonna see it. Whereas your wonderful is dog. Rocky the raccoon on stilts. You both Rocky say raccoon, raccoon weird. I'm saying raccoon. how Austin said it. I, I, I'm sorry. Do you prefer raccoon or raccoon? Because they're both fun. Uh, but Rocky the raccoon is, you know, he's like he's like the neighborhood watch, right? Because he's going to all the different people's trash cans. And this is like a I could see the commercial is you see him I going. See him he's up on two legs. Is he well, cute? Yeah. But, he's adorable. Uh, well, all right. So let me ask but Austin. You this. What's his theme song? Well, well, no, no, no. What do you think is more appealing uh, as the Rocky the raccoon mascot? So we we have the option of either a CGI raccoon or maybe like a Muppet or something like that. Or I think the better idea is a person that is makeup, like made up to look like a raccoon <laughs> and he's going through your trash. <laughs> you made it instantly not cute. You made uh, it really creepy. Now it's I, just a homeless guy. I, yeah, but I think creepy. that's more yeah, interesting. It's a guy who lives in trash. With <laughs> so, so just to clarify, Austin, the IP you want me to protect for you is a homeless man that tells you if your roof is on fire. <laughs> or other safety hazards <laughs> that can be seen from outside of your house. Fair enough. Like, like, yeah, power lines, right? Hey, I mean, can you tell me the jingle and we'll get the copyright going? Rocky the raccoon, he comes to your spoon because he <laughs> is a loon. <laughs> you could have done better than that. Rocky, he's so great. Watch out, he'll see what you're doing. Rocky. And now he's watching you? Yeah. <laughs> How better? <laughs> he's not watching your house anymore. He's watching. The How better can he prevent safety hazards from watching people, specifically you? <laughs> so follow the show at robot underscore Congress. You can follow me at Morrison. You, and can, you can follow Austin wherever he is, because apparently that's an added benefit. <laughs> you can just get Rocky the raccoon to follow Austin around. Uh, you can you follow, can follow me at robot Austin. And Allie's Allie Rothman, A-L-I. Good night. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>